Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Wednesday, it's the 20th of April. I've got Sam here to take me through the day's news. In today's deep dive, we're talking about the controversial candidate standing in Warringah. She's representing the Liberal Party and there's a fair bit to say about that. We'll leave that to Tom and Sam later in the episode and cover the headlines first. We're going straight to South Australia for our first story where David Spears, same name as the ABC commentator but different person, has been elected Liberal leader in the state and will lead the opposition. This came after former South Australian Premier Stephen Marshall resigned after losing the election. Spears said South Australians can expect a traditional centre-right approach from his term as leader and will put forward, quote, the most progressive environmental agenda in this nation. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky has announced Russia's offensive to seize the Donbass region in eastern Ukraine has begun. Zelensky said a very large part of the entire Russian army is now focused on this offensive, but added that Ukraine's forces will defend the territory, quote, no matter how many Russian troops are driven there. We were particularly excited about this story at TDA HQ yesterday. The Australian Electoral Commission has revealed 17.2 million Australians are now eligible to vote in the upcoming election after 700,000 people enrolled in the week since the election was called. On Monday, 214,000 people alone registered to vote. It was the biggest single-day enrolment in Australia's history. It's nice to have two good news stories to wrap up this Wednesday morning bulletin. The German government has officially authorised the raising of the rainbow flag on government buildings and the Interior Minister Nancy Faeser said, we are a modern and diverse country. It's high time that we as state institutions also show that more clearly. For today's deep dive, I am joined by Tom Crowley, political journalist from the Daily Oz. Tom, I wanted to talk to you about the Liberal candidate in the seat of Warringah in Sydney's north. Her name is Catherine Deves, and she's in the headlines for all the wrong reasons this week. Give us a general overview of why you might read about Catherine Deves in the news. So Catherine Deves, Sam, is the Liberal Party's candidate, as you mentioned, for the seat of Warringah. That's in Sydney's kind of northern beaches, North Shore. But it's the seat that was held for 25 years by former Liberal Prime Minister Tony Abbott. Um, But at the last election was won by an independent, Zali Stegall. So it's a seat that the Liberals would be trying to win back from that independent, Zali Stegall. Catherine Deves is the candidate they've chosen to do that. And she's been quite a controversial choice because of a number of past comments that she's made about the transgender community. So she was sort of described by the Liberal Party as a a women's advocate and particularly an advocate for women's sport. But in reality, that campaign that she's led has been specifically about the participation of transgender women in women's sport, which is something that Dave's opposed. So there's that issue, but then there's also a broad history of kind of tweets in a deleted Twitter account and a number of comments in sort of various public forums over the last few years about the transgender community and transgender issues in general, which have made headlines in the last few days and led to a a bit of an argument with quite a public spat between different members of the Liberal Party, some saying that she should be dumped and others coming to her defence. So it's been quite an unedifying, I guess, public argument um, between members of the same party during an election campaign. It's still unresolved and it's still going on. And so how was she picked if she has these quite controversial views? That's a good question. So the pre-selection process, which is the the process that parties use to pick their candidates, it's a bit of a murky and changeable thing and and there's no kind of um, single process. Usually, though, both of the major parties have some involvement 
uh, of local members. That wasn't the case this time. So the local members of the Liberal Party in the areas around Warringah were not involved in the selection of Catherine Deves. This was what was called a captain's pick. Um, so there are about nine seats in New South Wales where the federal Liberal Party intervened and a panel of three people, including Prime Minister Scott Morrison, uh, picked the candidates themselves. This was one of those. So this was something that was directly decided, I guess, by, by Scott Morrison and by two others. And so in that sense, it's been described as a bit of a, a captain's pick by the Prime Minister. I'm keen not to give these comments more oxygen than they deserve, but if you're going to summarise it thematically, Tom, what type of views does Catherine Deves hold? Yeah, so as you say, Sam, some of the comments that that have been unearthed um, from Deves over the last couple of years are, it's fair to say, you know, really pretty nasty and I'm sure would be distressing to, to some readers. I, I don't feel the need to kind of read them out in full, although if you go to our Instagram page, you can read a story that I wrote on it yesterday, which includes some of those comments. But in general, I, I guess it's not just are restricted to this issue of kind of participation in women's sport. There have been a lot of comments made linking, for example, the transgender community to sex predators, to taking advantage of children. Links have been made to Nazism and to the stolen generations and a number of other, I suppose, what you describe as fairly derogatory comments about trans people in general. And also, I, I suppose, linking to, to this idea of that the existence of trans people uh, poses a threat to, to women's human rights, that they're the nature of a number of the comments. As I say, you know, they're, they're quite distressing ones. I, I kind of won't quote them in, in great detail. Here's just sort of one audio clip that I think we can play of um, some comments that she made about wear at Purple Day, which for those who are not familiar is, is a day where people are encouraged to, to wear the colour purple to talk about stamping out bigotry against LGBTQ community. This is just sort of one of the instances of the kind of comments that Deves has made. Last year, 750 organisations participated. Uh, they talk about querying of spaces. Um, they target our children. And that clip was only from a few months ago on Sky News. Now let's turn to the views within the Liberal Party as to Catherine Deves. Why don't we start with those who've spoken against her? Who are they and what have they generally said? Yeah, so of course, I mean, there's been all sorts of criticism of these comments from outside the Liberal Party, but it is quite notable that some very prominent politicians from the Liberal Party have called for Deves to be disendorsed. In other words, for, for the Liberal Party to dump her as a candidate. The most prominent of those is the New South Wales Treasurer, Liberal Matt Keane, and I'll play a little clip of what he said just now. Well, my view is that this person should be disendorsed because I do not believe she's fit for office. I do not believe that she is aligned with the values of the Liberal Party. I mean, describing Wear at Purple Day, a day that celebrates inclusion and diversity, that focuses on reducing bullying and suicide amongst young gay and lesbian kids. Um, uh, she described it as a grooming technique. She invokes the Nazis. Um, and so as you can hear in that clip, sort of fairly strong comments, he's called for Deves to be disendorsed. Um, there are a number of other Liberals, uh, including a couple of state Liberal MPs who've, who've made similar calls. There are also some local Liberal Party members and, and quite sort of senior and prominent members from the area around the Warringah seat who've made similar calls. And there are reports that a number of more moderate Liberal MPs from the Federal Party have expressed concerns behind closed doors, but we haven't heard too much publicly from them. But certainly it's quite a fair bit of backlash from members of the same party with, within an election campaign calling for her to be dumped. And has there been any reaction from the Prime Minister as the captain who made the captain's call? Has he responded to the uproar both over the candidate's pick but also of the murmurings within his own party? 
He has, and, and Morrison spoken quite strongly in defense of Deves and given no indication that he's going to join what he describes as a pylon. Here's a little clip of the Prime Minister. Uh, that in selecting Catherine, I've selected someone together with the Premier in New South Wales and, and Christine McDivitt, um, who is a woman raising three girls, who's always stood up for women and girls in sport, and I'm not going to allow a pylon on her to silence her. And I think there are many Australians who agree with me about that. And Scott Morrison's not alone in that sentiment. A couple of Liberal senators, Jane Hume and Claire Chandler, have made some public comments sort of criticising some of the more inappropriate language that Deves has used, which Morrison's done as well, but suggesting that they think that her advocacy for women and women's sport is admirable and I guess defending her in that sense. And she's also been defended by two former Liberal Prime Ministers, Tony Abbott, who of course used to hold the seat, and John Howard have both come to her defence. So it's been, you know, quite a, a disagreement between different members of the Liberal Party in public over the last few days over what should happen here. And Tom, can Catherine Deves be dumped at this late stage? It's a tricky question. So in a sense, you know, anyone can nominate to run for election. And so there's nothing to stop her from running as a candidate. What the Liberal Party can do is disendorse her nomination and and they can do this basically at any time between now and the election and, and say, although this person was nominated to run with the Liberal Party, we no longer endorse them and their name appears on the ballot essentially with that caveat and disendorsed by the Liberal Party. That's happened before quite a bit. But as far as actually replacing her, the time is of the essence. So the 21st, which is Thursday, tomorrow, is the last date for nominations for candidates to the election. So essentially, you know, unless the government were to do something on this over the course of today, which the Prime Minister's given no indication that he will, then they won't be able to replace her with another Liberal candidate for Warringah if they wanted to do that. And I think every time I have you on the pod, Tom, up until the election, I'm always keen to hear your general take on where we are in the race and and who's leading. I know that's a bit of a simplistic way to look at things, but what's your take on on where we stand now nine days into a campaign? Well, maybe I'll start, Sam, with how I think this will affect the results. So firstly, there's the seat of Warringah itself. And Warringah is one of a number of seats in Sydney, and there are a few similar ones in Melbourne and other cities that are traditionally strong for the Liberal Party, but tend to have a combination of sort of socially progressive views, but aligned with the Liberal Party on economic issues. So they're sort of wealthy, affluent suburbs where people tend to have socially progressive views. I don't think that these views will necessarily go down very well in the seat of Warringah. There are a couple of other seats that are really in play for the government to to potentially lose to sort of high profile independents uh, who are running on kind of climate change and other socially progressive issues, particularly the seats of Wentworth, North Sydney and McKellar, all in kind of affluent areas of Sydney. They're all held by the Liberal Party and they're all under challenge. I think there and also potentially in the Melbourne seats of Kooyong and Goldstein, again, similar sort of affluent areas of Melbourne, these sorts of comments really uh, won't go down very well. And, you know, where there are these kind of independent challenges, I think those independent challenges might get a little bit of a boost from this. As for whether this particular issue will matter very much broader than that, uh, I'm less sure. And I note that both the Labor Party and Zali Stiegel have suggested that, you know, one of the reasons Scott Morrison picked this candidate was because there might be people in other kind of outer suburban electorates who would support her views on the transgender community. And that that might be one reason that Morrison wanted this to to be discussed. Of, Of course, Morrison's not said anything to that effect, but, you know, I think it's fair to say outside some of those electorates, it may not necessarily be a significant issue. And, And I think that this is where I'm conscious I've already listed about seven or eight different seats in 
this election. It's a really complicated one and it's really hard to kind of go from the, the big national picture and the big debates like this one that we're talking about and figure out what's happening on a seat-by-seat level because there are so many different stories across the country. I could spend ages talking about this. But, you know, you, you go over to Newcastle where people are talking about coal jobs. You go over to the north of Queensland where they're talking about different issues altogether. There are seats in play in Tasmania and in Perth and, you know, in, in kind of the outer suburbs of Melbourne, in country Victoria, in the northern rivers where there have been floods. Like I'm just rattling off all the different parts of the country now. There are so many different kind of localised issues where the campaign will play out in a very different way. And any one of these seats changing hands could affect the outcome of the election. So I know, again, I think I copped out last week. Sam, and that's a bit of a cop out this week, but it really is, I guess maybe my message is it's important to kind of, yes, follow these big national issues in the campaign that we'll be talking about, but remember that government will be decided in 151 small contests and they're very varied and very unpredictable. Tom Crowley with the Daily Oz expert analysis, still shying away from actually giving us a straight answer like a good politician should. But it's a hard question to answer. And as he highlighted in that last response, it's an incredibly complex race ahead of us. To guide you through the complexities, we are there for you every step of the way on Instagram at The Daily Oz, as well as our other podcast, No Silly Questions. There are no silly questions in response to this upcoming election, and we're there to answer all of them. That's all we've got time for today. Happy hump day, and we'll speak to you tomorrow.